Thank you for joining the Element Church Podcast, where we exist to guide people to experience life to its fullest, connect into meaningful relationships, and make a lasting impact. Wherever you're listening from today, we hope this message inspires and strengthens your faith. Well, we're in a sermon series right now called What I'm Praying For. And the prayer that I'm presenting for us today is, is going to be, for some of us, difficult to pray. Uh, for some people, it will make them very uncomfortable. It might stretch them to their limit. For a few people, it might make them downright angry. Are you intrigued about the prayer? If you're watching live on the Church Online platform and you're intrigued, just give me the thinking emoji. looks like this. If you're intrigued, Uh, whether you're intrigued or not, uh, I am so glad that all of you are joining us online only today. If you don't know, my name is Jeff Manis. I am the lead pastor here, and I am thrilled that we are able to connect with you uh, online. No matter the circumstances today, uh, we're engaging with you and praying that God speaks to you today. A little heads up on a couple of things uh, coming up here at Element. In two Sundays, March 28th, we're going to be having our first Sabbath Sunday of the year. For our online family, not much will change for you, uh, but if you're used to meeting in person, we will have no in-person meetings on Sunday, March 28th. While our staff will be working that day, our volunteers, our our building, our our facility, the, the equipment, really the whole church is going to be taking a Sabbath on that day. However, we didn't want to offer just nothing for you as far as teaching, so we will be offering a a short sermon on demand only on our YouTube channel or on our website, and we would just encourage you to take some time and engage with that sermon with your family or your community on Sunday, March 28th. Again, that's a Sabbath Sunday, no in-person gatherings. Also, We are three Sundays away from Easter, and the theme for this Easter Sunday is the church has left the building. Uh, Not only will we be celebrating the resurrection of, of Jesus, but we'll also be attempting something that I've never done before in church. The title and the theme of the Easter service is the same as last year, but this year will be so much different than what you experienced last year if you were able to be a part of that. While you might be sitting in the building on Easter Sunday, the church is going to leave the building and we're going to make a lasting impact that day, which is a part of our vision here uh, to, to experience life, get connected, and make an impact, the kind of impact that if we were gone, our community would miss us. We are going to have our normal worship experience times, 8.30 and 10.30 a.m. and then 12.30 p.m. And right now, we do not have enough volunteers to offer e-kids at the 12.30 service. Uh, So if that doesn't change, if we don't have uh, some more people step up to serve on that Sunday, we'll continue having only e-kids at 8.30 and 10.30, and then no e-kids at the 12.30 service. I would challenge you to not just make it a priority for you and your family to be here in person, but to invite someone uh, to come with you to celebrate the life of Jesus and to be a part of the impact we're going to to make. I believe that Sunday will be a day we will never forget. Okay. In this series, 
I've been sharing some specific prayers that I have as the lead pastor here, and then I'm challenging us to unite around these prayers together. As I said, today's prayer is one that is, that is, uh, is often difficult to pray, and it will be difficult for lots of people to pray this prayer, and here's why. 1 Timothy 2, verse 2, in the New Testament, we are told this, pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. Now, just because we don't have kings in America does not mean that we are exempt from this prayer. The phrase, all those who are in authority, kind of keeps us on the hook, if you will, as Christians. You, You could say, pray this way for the president and the vice president, for Congress and Senate and the Supreme Court. Pray this way for the governor and the mayor, the sheriff, the school board, like whatever it is, pray this way for your leaders. In fact, that's our big idea for this message It's on the screens if you want to write it down. The command to pray for our leaders does not depend on who is leading. It's challenging. The command to pray for our leaders does not depend on who is leading. And by the way, it's not just that we are commanded to pray. There is a specific way that we are told to pray. Pray this way, Paul said. And for some of you, the way that that Christian people have talked about, treated, and prayed for leaders in our country is one of the biggest turnoffs for you to the Christian faith. You you might be someone that thinks that if, if that's the way Christians treat and pray for our leaders, I don't want anything to do with that faith. And, and, and I don't blame you. Sometimes I myself don't want the the label Christian just based on how we as Christians can often treat those who are leaders in in our country. So I hope you'll see a different side of Christianity today, or at least I hope you'll see the way that we should be acting as Christians, the way we should be treating and praying for those who are leaders in our country. I I hope you'll see that this is what I'm challenging all of us here, including myself, how I'm challenging us to live in relation to our leaders. Now, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that you you have to fully support or or agree with a a leader's actions or policies, vote a certain way, um, stand with everything a leader does, that, that we can't ever criticize a leader or a party. That's not what I'm saying. There's a right way to, to do those things, but I'm not saying you can't do that. And because of that, Because we won't always like, agree with, vote for, or fully support a leader's actions or their policies, that's what makes this prayer so difficult at times for us to to pray. But we are commanded to do it. If you are a, a Christian, this is not an option for you. It's clearly commanded in the scripture. And listen, When Paul wrote 1 Timothy and said we should pray this way for kings and all those in authority, do you know who was the king in his day? Nero. One of the most 
wicked, and vile leaders who ever walked the planet. It was Emperor Nero that fed Christians to lions for sport. He was known for impaling Christians on a pole, covering them with tar, lighting them on fire to use as torches to light up his garden at night. It was that kind of leader, Paul said, pray for all those who are in authority. Like, as bad as some of our leaders can be, we're not there yet. And even if we were, we are commanded to pray for them. And again, the command to pray for our leaders does not depend on who is leading. So here's the big question we've got to answer today. How should we pray for our leaders? How should we pray for our leaders? We're going to find the answer in 1 Timothy 2, verses 1 through 7. If you don't own your own Bible and you're watching today, uh, the easiest way to get one is to download a free, uh, a free Bible app called YouVersion. It's a great resource that we highly recommend. The next time you're here in person, if you want a hard copy of a Bible, uh, just ask for one uh, at guest services in our lobby, and we'll make sure we get you an actual Bible uh, when you're here for free. 1 Timothy is in the New Testament portion of the Bible. It's written by a guy. We call Paul. He was the Apostle Paul. And he was arrested by the Roman governing authorities for his preaching in Jesus. He was most likely writing this letter, 1 Timothy, from a Roman prison where he would eventually be killed by these very leaders he is saying we should pray for. That changes the perspective a bit. So 1 Timothy 2. Now starting in verse 1, and then we'll read verse 2, which we already read, says this. I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them, intercede on their behalf, and give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings, we read that, and all who are in authority, so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. Uh-oh, is that how Christians will be described today when it comes to the way we treat and how we respond to our leaders, peaceful and quiet, marked by godliness and dignity? And also, Paul does not mince words here. God does not let Paul leave any room for interpretation. He doesn't just say to pray for our leaders. He says there's a specific way to pray. And remember, that the command to pray for our leaders does not depend on who is leading. So how should we pray for our leaders? Well, Paul gives us three specific ways to pray. Like there's no guessing. The first one is this, ask God to help them. Ask God to help them. Now, just hearing that, it's easy to think, okay, but what do I say? I mean, we could end up just praying, all right, God, I ask you to help my guests, you know, bless them and stuff, <laughs> right? You pray a, like a meaningless prayer like, like that, and sure, you, you could just say, Lord, help them, but I think we should be more specific than that. I, I want to pray for our leaders in the same way that I would want to be prayed for. 
I mean, isn't that how we're supposed to treat people as Christians, the way that we would want to be treated? I don't know, almost sounds like something Jesus said, right? So, so here's how I personally choose to pray for God to help our leaders. I am not saying that this is the right way or the only way to, to pray. It's just the only way I know how to present to you a practical way to, to get started praying for our leaders. And let's just take our president for example. Every day, I pray for a different leader. So I don't pray for the president every day, but I have a rotation of leaders in my life, both spiritual leaders and political ones that I pray for. So I pray this way for all of them, but using the president. When I pray for our president and his family, when he comes up in the rotation, I have his name written down in my prayer journal, President Joe Biden. Then I have his wife's name, Jill, and then I just have a side note, two kids, seven grandkids. And this is what I pray. Lord, I pray that President Biden, I pray you would help him be the man, the husband, the dad, and the grandpa that you desire him to be. Then may he be the president you desire him to be. I think we forget sometimes that leaders are people first. They, they are dads and moms, husbands and wives, sons and, and daughters. And I, I want our president to be a great man and a great husband, and a great dad, and a great grandpa to his children, long before I wanted to be a great president. I, I then almost always pray this, Lord, lift up your advice in his leadership and silence the advice of the enemy. I want God's advice to rise to the top in the leadership of our president. Notice I haven't prayed for him to do anything that I think he should do yet. I've not prayed for my political agenda to be done. I then pray this for our, our president. May he lead according to your will, whether he realizes it or not. And I pray that under his leadership, our country would have peace and prosperity, which, oh, by the way, is biblical. Jeremiah 29, verse seven, God says this to his people, and work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, for its welfare will determine your welfare. That was a command from God to his people to pray for Babylon, a city and a, an empire that kidnapped thousands of God's people and took them away as exiles to a foreign land. Do you think that was easy for God's people to pray or to live out? And, and then I'll pray for things like courage, boldness, purity, wisdom, energy, encouragement, rest, strength, like anything that comes to my mind that, that I would want someone praying for me as a leader. And by the way, we see this all throughout Christian history, not just in scripture. 
One of our church fathers of the faith, his name is Tertullian. He was a Christian leader from, from North Africa about 125 years after Paul wrote 1 Timothy. When North Africa was still under the, the rule of the Roman Empire. And Tertullian, in describing how his church in Africa lived out this teaching from 1 Timothy, he said this, we Christians do intercede for all the emperors that their lives may be prolonged, their government be secured to them, that their families may be preserved in safety, their senates faithful to them, their armies brave, their people honest, and that the whole empire may be at peace and for whatever other things are desired by the people or the Caesar. That's challenging. Polycarp. That's not the name of a fish. It's another Christian leader in the early second century describing how Christians should pray both publicly and privately for what he called our heathen rulers. He said this, pray for all the saints. Pray too for all kings and powers and rulers and for your persecutors and those that hate you and for your cruel enemies. Hello. That's what Polycarp, again, one of our church fathers, said we should pray publicly and privately for our enemies. Well, yeah, Pastor Jeff, but that was in Bible times. Like, that was way back then. Things are different now. Okay. I want you to meet Amin Afshar Nadari. He is a born-again Christian who left his Muslim faith in Iran to surrender to the lordship of Jesus uh, recently, he had to flee Iran after being sentenced to prison for organizing and leading house churches that, that other believers in Iran were a part of. This is considered a crime against the state in Iran. Had he not fled, he would have been sent to Evan Prison, known as Iran's torture factory. This is according to Open Doors USA, a, a ministry that serves and, and ministers to persecuted Christians around the world. And, and as they were talking about his life, here's what I want you to know and see about Amin, his prayers for his leaders. He said this, we pray for the rulers, for those who harassed us, insulted and slandered us, humiliated and ridiculed us, tortured and destroyed us. We pray for them. And forgive them. Paul, Tertullian, Polycarp, Amin, and countless others, they get it. They get it. The command to pray for our leaders does not depend on who is leading. And I would add, it doesn't depend on how they're leading. So how should we pray for our leaders? Ask God to help them. The second way Paul said we should pray is this, to intercede on their behalf. To intercede on their behalf. That is literally straight from our main scripture. The word intercede used in our main scripture was written in Greek. And in the Greek language, that word means this, to intervene through prayer led by God marking an intersection between heaven and earth as it reflects the Lord's specific will. Not my will, not what I think the Lord's will is, the Lord's specific will. It means to stand in the gap. 
I don't know about you, I want to be the kind of Christian that stands in the gap for our leaders. What, what, what if we were known for that as Christians? What if we were known for our intervening, not just with our votes and our activism, which praise God we have the freedom to do that, but what if we were known for intervening and interceding with our prayers? And not praying for our political wills to be done, but praying in a way that reflects the Lord's specific will. Which, by the way, I'm going to probably get in trouble for saying this, but the Republican Party does not reflect the Lord's specific will. And before you shut the video off, neither does the Democratic Party or the Libertarian Party or the Tea Party. If there was a coffee party, we'd have to have some conversation because I do believe coffee is God's will. Can I get a witness from some coffee lovers today? <laughs> Had to lighten the mood there. I was getting too tense for, for a moment. Uh, again, how do, how do I make this practical that we intercede with God's will? Well, this is how I try to stand in the gap for our leaders, praying God's specific will. I first of all pray for their salvation. I pray for their faith that their faith in the Lord Jesus would be real and strong, which we see a link to this in our main scripture. 1 Timothy 2, just continuing on from where we stopped in verse 2, now verses 3 through 6 says this, this is good, this praying, and it pleases God our Savior who wants everyone to be what? Saved and to understand the truth. For there is one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, the man Christ Jesus. He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. This is the message God gave to the world at just the right time. So I pray when I'm praying for our president or any leader, Lord, I intercede on behalf of President Biden. I pray he would know you as he should. May he not just have a professed faith, but a personal and practiced faith in you. Lord, put true Christian people around him and his family who will point them to you. I pray that, I, I pray when I pray for our president or other leaders, I pray that God puts people in his security detail, on his staff, cooks, White House aides, um, cleaning crews, like whatever it is, I pray God puts people all around our leaders who are constantly pointing them to Jesus. I, I prayed this for President Trump and, and his family. I prayed this for President Obama and his family. I will pray this for whoever the next president is, that God, they would truly know you and follow you. And here's why. God cares first about the faith of our president, not his policies. Let that sink in. God cares first about the faith of our president and leaders, not their policies. If our president had perfect policies, ones that always aligned with the heart of God, but he did not know God by faith in Jesus, what would it matter? It wouldn't matter. 
Because God is more concerned with the heart of the individual than he is the state of the union. Woo! God's more concerned with the heart of the individual than he is the state of the union of America. And I hate to break it to some people today. I might get in trouble for this too. But America is not God's country. God does not have a country. God has a kingdom. And his kingdom is not tied to any country or any party or policy therein. God's kingdom is greater than any country. So I pray for the faith of our leaders, that if our leaders truly know God and they are wholeheartedly following him, I trust they will be leading according to his will. So I pray that. Then I pray this as I'm interceding for our leaders. God, please protect them from every attack of the enemy, spiritually, emotionally, physically, and mentally. The command to pray for our leaders does not depend on who is leading or how they lead. So how should we pray for our leaders? Well, ask God to help them intercede on their behalf. Stand in the gap for our leaders. And then the last one is the hardest one to do. (laughs) Give thanks for them. Give thanks for them. To which some people say, Well, I could never thank God for fill in the blank. And I understand it's difficult to do this. Like this one is not easy, especially when we might view a leader living or leading in a way that doesn't deserve any thanks. But listen, as a Christian, if you can't thank God for your leaders, then you are are not living in submission to scripture. You're just not. Now notice, it does not say, thank God for how they live or how they lead. It does not say to thank God for all of their policies and executive orders and judgments and decisions and appointments or whatever it is. It says to thank God for them. Why? Because as Christians, we understand that their authority comes from God. Paul says that in Romans 13, verse 1. He says, everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which is from God. The authorities that exist have been appointed by God. Ooh, we, we love that verse. When the person we voted for and aligned with is in office, but not so much when we don't like or agree with the leader in office. But the leaders and the authorities in our life, they, 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 they have been, been appointed by God. Now, we are, are told to submit to them, to their governing authority. And we do that until that governing authority has a law that actually will prevent us from following Jesus. Only then do we have permission not to submit to their authority when they tell us we cannot believe in Jesus anymore. But until then, 
We're told to submit to our governing authorities because they're appointed by God. That phrase, by God, in the, in the passage there means either by God's permission or by his prescription. That he either allowed it or he caused them to be in that position. Either way, they were appointed by God. Jesus even alluded to this when he was arrested and then crucified. Pilate, the Roman governor who was presiding over the case of Jesus, said this to Jesus in John 19, 10, and 11. Don't you realize that I have the power to release you or crucify you? Then Jesus said, I love this, you would have no power over me at all unless it were given to you from above. So I pray this when I'm praying, being, thanking God for our president. Lord, I thank you for President Biden. I thank you that he would not be in his position outside of your permission I thank you that all authority comes from you, and I thank you that I live in a land where we have the freedom to be a part of selecting our leaders, and right now, this is the leader you have allowed us to select, so I thank you for our president. I prayed that for President Trump, I prayed that for President Obama, and I will pray that for whoever the next president is. Ask God to help them, intercede on their behalf, and give thanks for them. This is good, Paul says, and pleases God our Savior who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. Then Paul says this in verse 7. It's almost a disclaimer. He probably knew he's going to make some people mad, so he said this in verse 7. And I've been chosen as a preacher and apostle to teach the Gentiles this message about faith and truth, the things he just presented. I'm not exaggerating, he said, just telling the truth. It almost feels like Paul saying, don't shoot me, I'm just the messenger. And that's kind of how I feel today as well. The command to pray for our leaders does not depend on who is leading or even how they're leading. So how should we pray for our leaders? Ask God to help them, intercede on their behalf, and give thanks for them. So here's the prayer that I'm challenging us to pray. Um, it's on the screens if you want to take a picture of it. Uh, there is two slides today. It's a little bit longer than normal because this is a lot to pack into one prayer. Um, I tried to make it really concise from what I presented, the prayers that I pray. But if you want to take a picture of it, you can copy and paste it from version. It'll be on all of our social media channels and my website tomorrow. I do know this, by the way. It's awfully hard to mistreat someone when you're praying for them. So I challenge you to pray this way for our leaders. God, we pray for all those who are leaders in our lives we ask you to help them be the men and women you desire them to be. We intercede for them, asking you to lead them to a genuine faith in you through Christ and that you would protect them from all attacks of the evil one. And we thank you for them, knowing that all authority in heaven and on earth belongs to you, God. 
Lord, in praying these things, may we, your children, live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. Ask God to help them. Intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. I love the phrase about God that Paul gives in this passage that God wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. And how are we saved? It's only through Jesus. He gave his life and became the mediator between God and man. Have you put your faith in Jesus? I'd love for you to pray these prayers for your leaders, but ultimately my desire for you is the same desire I have for our leaders, that they would truly know God through Jesus and follow him. Jesus, God in the flesh, came as one of us, modeled a perfect life for us, died because of us paying the price for our sins, but three days later he rose victorious so that any one of us by faith in him can be forgiven of our sins, given a new life today and power to live our lives for him every day. And then one day, by faith in Jesus, we'll spend eternity forever with him. If you're watching online today and you've never put your faith in Jesus, you can do that right now by just saying this prayer silently in your heart to God. Father, I believe in Jesus, that he's God. Died in my place and rose again. So Jesus, my faith is in you. Please forgive me of all my sins, everything I've ever done. I repent, turn, I turn from my old sinful way of living. I'll do my best by your help to follow you in a new way. I receive from you salvation. Please live in my heart. Thank you for loving me, Jesus. I'm gonna do my best to love you back. It's in your name I pray, amen. If you prayed that prayer and you're watching online, uh, if you're watching on the church online platform, we'd love to know about it. Just click the button that says, I commit my life to Jesus. Or, or if you are, are, are watching online on demand or whatever, the easiest way to let someone know is by texting us the, the number on the screen. Text ELIFE to the number 94000. Text ELIFE to 94000, and we're gonna welcome you to the family, we're gonna celebrate with you, but most importantly, we wanna give you a free resource that will get you taking your next steps in Jesus. We created it just for you. This resource will, will teach you what it means that you've, what, what happened now that you put your faith in Jesus. Your journey's just begun. We want you to continue, and we want to give you that tool as well. So let us know by clicking that button or by texting us there. If you want prayer for anything going on and you're watching church online, just click the prayer button, and a member of our prayer team will pray with you. I love you guys so much. We have two more weeks of the series and then Easter Sunday. I hope you have an amazing, amazing week. We'll see you next week. You are dismissed. If you were encouraged by today's message, be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast or follow us on social media. To learn more about our gathering times in Cheyenne, Wyoming, or to take your next step, visit our website, elementchurch.life. Thanks for tuning in. Catch you next week right here on the Element Church Podcast.